0: This is Put It To The Panel, uh, and this is the very first episode of this, which is going to be a discussion about all sorts of things in the music industry. And we'll be discussing everything from content engagement to the current state of the music industry, the future of live music. Uh, You name it, we're probably going to be talking about it, as well as any bands that have been cropping up on any of our personal radars. Uh, And this week's special guest, we have Tom Carnell, who is the venue manager for The Shed. In Leicester, so hello, Tom.
1: Hello. How are you guys? Yeah, great. These are
0: crazy yeah. times. Uh, so feeling very upside down. How about yourself?
1: Yeah, pretty much the same. To be fair, it's it's kind of mad times to be running a venue at the minute.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the shed is a, a fairly local to me as well. I mean, I'm from um, Northamptonshire, and I'm going to be moving up to like Corby in the next month or so. Oh, so. Cool. I've played at the shed a few times, and it's a really, really nice venue. dear um, boy as well. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet. All right. So, uh, should we kick, should where should we kick this off then, lads? What, what's what's going on uh, for yourself, Tom, at the moment? What's going on for yourself? How's things?
1: At the minute, it's kind of difficult because I'm furloughed, so I can't do a whole lot. Like obviously, the furlough scheme is really good really helping because there's absolutely no way we can open and no way we can make any money so the state of the venue at the minute is it's completely off uh nothing is open everything's locked up no we we've even like not even got the wi-fi on or anything uh just to make sure no money is going out of the company at all um so at the minute it's just planning we obviously don't know exactly when we're going to be back open hopefully it's going to be the back end of the year but i'm not kind of holding on for anything. We're just kind of taking each day as it comes. But it's just a lot of planning as to when we get back, how things might change, what thing you know, what we're gonna have to put in place there because of COVID nineteen. Sure. So, I mean it-
0: what does this mean in terms of like um let's say this, you know, ends up going on for a really long time um in terms of uh you know being able to still sort of interact with bands and stuff like that is is that going to be a case of trying to get them to like stream from your like your socials and that kind of thing in the meantime or what sort of things uh do you reckon are going to go down
1: well yeah that's something we're definitely looking at doing with the shed and uh with one of the bands i'm in we give in um we're looking at starting to put on some shows like that as well obviously with myself being a promoter and um, we we being friends with like lots of bands around the country. We want to start putting on some shows on kind of like the Facebook Live kind of format. I don't know if you guys saw uh, Five for Five Fest over the weekend.
0: Yeah, maybe. sure.
1: Yeah, Um and we kind of got a bit of inspiration and thought, well, let's let's try and put something like that on. Maybe you know a couple of times a month. Um, and obviously, a lot of the performances are going to have to be pre-recorded um, and it all put together. But it, it's something at the minute, you know, because. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's missing live
0: shows. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> oh wow, I more than anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. That yeah. we're just trying to progress on to that. Seeing, like you said, we don't we don't know when it's going to be open. We don't know how long it's going to be until we can start letting people in the place and booking bands again. And um, so we're just trying to find alternative ways that it's not going to make any money for us, unfortunately. Um, but it gives entertainment to people and that's what we all really want at the minute.
2: Nice. Yeah. Well, here's a good question that I you know, kind of had like, lined up. I mean, obviously I think that this live stream thing for uh, venues and stuff, between I mean, bands is going to be a great idea. It, it's worked well for five, for five fest. Um, I was personally on there when it kicked off and there was something like 10,000 viewers yeah, on it. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And that's just like mad insane thinking that that many people are on it. But I think it's going to bring, for me, what I think is there's is, is, is a new avenue that yeah. is has been explored. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think necessarily a gig is always after this is all going to be finished. It's always going to be a gig that happens at a venue anymore. Like, yeah. I think it's going to be a mixture now. I think mm-hmm. now that we have, you know, bands have a new product and venues yeah. and promoters have a new product that they can promote. I mean, some... Promoters really struggle to get people out the door to go to their venue, to pay to go to see a band yeah, who sure. is got maybe one of their mates in um, and then have a few drinks and then go home. It's really hard to do that these days. Um, and as much as I think that it needs to be a, a, a balance, I think it needs to be a, a nice balance because we can't have one more than the other. Mm-hmm. But I think this is something that is really going to change the industry going forward. What do you think yeah. about that?
1: No, definitely. I know a lot of people, especially in kind of my line of work to do with live music and venues, are a bit worried about, you know, now people have been given this option and it's like you don't even have to leave your homes actually to watch a gig. It's actually doable for you to not. Is it now going to be harder to start getting people out the door and into venues? Or it could go the complete other way around at the minute because people could be, well, probably are so bored inside and just want to go out and see a gig. I think when we open again, we are going to see an increase in in people coming through the door and seeing some live music. But it's whether or not we can keep that going and whether we can keep the momentum going or if there's just... Or if everyone's just going to go, okay, that was a bit of fun. We went out, we had fun, and now back inside. You know, now we can, we can yeah. watch. You know, a lot of people work Monday to Friday, nine to five, and then knackered come the weekend. Especially like a Friday night show. And if if the option is there to just whack it on your TV, why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I think there's going to be a, a, a really mixed response uh, when when we get told that it's officially safe to uh you know to start going back out to shows and festivals i think there's going to be a really huge mixed response because it'll be like half of the people will be feeling like okay they they absolutely can't wait they've been cro- you know climbing the walls to escape um and then the other half are going to be obviously quite especially if they lived with anyone who is on the uh you know shielded list or who is vulnerable Um, I'm going to be really apprehensive about, uh, you know, going back to concerts. I mean, my parents have completely off topic, but they're booked to go and see uh, the Eagles later this year. Um, And obviously, you know, that's going to be a huge venue, lots of people Um, that hasn't yet officially been cancelled. But, um, you know, should it still be going ahead and they get to a few weeks before it? I think there's no way. Um, you know they're they're going to go to that, especially like my my dad's on the shielded list, so that would be a huge, you know, that's a huge risk that is just not is not worth taking. So I think there's going to be a very sort of mixed response. Um, some people are really really desperate to get back out, but on the other hand, there's going to be a lot of kind of apprehension of, uh, you know, is it is it safe? Is it is it the right thing to do? Um, I think it's going to be a really uncertain time.
1: Yeah, without a doubt, man, like we've kind of have to speak to a few people we know in the industry have been given a kind of ballpark guideline of around september october reopening at the minute and we're a 200 capacity venue, you know so these yeah. these bigger shows i just can't see them happening at all this year even the beginning of next year with the bigger shows it's just i just think it's, a- not gonna, it's yeah. gonna slowly open up again and there's no way these massive venues will be able to open straight up at all. Yeah. It's like with Slam Dunk. It's so unfortunate that they postponed from May to yeah. September, and then a few days ago had to kind of say we can't do September either now. Which I was expecting to be honest. Like even when they first moved it, then I was a bit like, really? You yeah. Um, which is a shame because I was really looking forward to going to that, but. And yeah, next year, I think, hey. next year, and that, and hopefully, come May next year, we'll be able to go to bigger events like that. Fingers crossed. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be affected as much, um, purely because when you've got big, you know, bands like that, and even like when you're thinking of like stadium kind of level bands, it's yeah. the kind of production and the stage show that goes into those kind of things that people really want to go and see. And you know, you can still have them playing live. Um, on you know, over Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, or whatever, but it's not quite the same as like going to a huge, like, savour-
0: no, no. I mean, yeah. the one thing that I, sorry,
1: no, no, go on, go
0: on. I was gonna say, the one thing I picked up, um, like overwhelmingly from watching uh, Five for Five Fest, um, and ultimately at the end of the day, everyone should be very grateful that that happened, um, and all the donations that were made, and that predominantly should be what everybody focused on but ultimately you do get a couple of people who were commenting and the one thing that they were saying was uh essentially you know oh this is obviously pre-recorded and everything else which obviously it had to be because mm-hmm. if you tried to pull that off live you're going to have so much lag it's going to sound terrible um it's just it, you know that's virtually impossible to do so uh, you know i really do feel for mm-hmm. them um but like that is the you know that's the difference isn't it really between that and going to a live show actually being there in the in the heat of the moment um, yeah. it's fantastic that we've got things like this but you know you're never going to be able to totally replace that you know that setting and that atmosphere
1: absolutely yeah. um it's like i spoke to a couple of friends after the festival and the general response was oh it's great but you know the sets were really short but it was i was like think about how much work has to go in just yeah. to record one song because they're not just playing it. They then have to, you know, mix and master the sound. They have to edit all the video together. Like it's a long, big, challenging job. Of course. Yeah. I noticed a lot of like the acoustic acts were playing a bit longer because it's a little bit easier to do when it's just one person on a guitar um, and singing. But obviously with a full band in, in four different buildings yeah, um, with multiple camera angles, it takes so long to put together. So it is going to kind of be hard to still replicate that live show thing but you know once we're open up again and more bands can get together and there's only four or five of them meeting up there would be nothing stopping them pre-recording a whole set because if they're they're recording one song together they might as well record you know half hour 45 minutes exactly reopen it's probably going to be even easier to put something like that together and a little bit less work to edit it all together um so I, i can i can see it still happening and like you said for for the you know elderly and vulnerable people that still want to go to shows it's absolutely perfect because yeah they don't have to have that challenge of, of going out for example like with the shed we've have a problem because it's such an old building um we've been trying to get wheelchair access in there for well since we reopened three years ago to be honest we we took it over three years ago and um it yeah it's been going for a while it's been going since 94. So we were trying to get that in, and, and they basically said, "Look, everything's too steep for you to be able to, be able to do this." And the toilets—the only toilets in the building—are downstairs, and because of how the old plumbing works out, that's the only place we can put them. Uh, yeah, we've got to deal with the uh, <laughs> the subway next door, and they—they they were like, "Look, if any of your vulnerable customers need to come and use our toilets, like they can," which is really cool. But they're in a open block, you know. So it does make it a bit more difficult, especially with older buildings, to be able to facilitate for those people. Um, So, you know, they might find it a bit easier and avoid the hassle just to go, well, I can watch this indoors now.
2: Sure. Yeah. I think it's going to be a, a kind of a nice um, medium. So I think when it when people do come back to doing, you know, wanting to go to gigs and, you know, gigs start to kind of a thing again, um, I think it's going to be a nice kind of, medium where you might be able to live stream the whole event and people who aren't able to come out come watch it live but something I did want to ask to you is um it's a debate that me and Danny have had several times me and Danny have had it with um our you know our bands uh we have debated over this all the time which is how what do you think is going to be the um reaction when pubs and stuff that you know then you start opening up again do you think it's going to be full rammed you know one minute after the prime minister says it's all clear that the pubs are going to be rammed or do you think it's going to be you know, over sort of sort of time really sort of thing
1: i think it depends on the the customer base of the venue because i i feel if there's a lot of young people going to a venue i think they'll all run in and go there and be like great you know it's sorted um especially as you're younger you're not as vulnerable to it you know, you, you you can take a bit more of a risk, but if you if you've got more of a bit of an older client base, they might be a bit worried about still going out because, you know, it's still there. If they open everything up, they're not saying, right, that's it. Coronavirus does not exist in the UK anymore. You know, nice. people know that and they may well be very hesitant to come out. And as a venue, we've we've obviously already said when we reopen, we're going to be putting certain measures in place. We've already decided we're going cashless, which we did just before we had to close. Um, we're going to be implementing stuff like all our, our stuff wearing gloves and masks and having antibac everywhere. But it's whether or not people will actually listen. And yeah, listen. we do have we have a really cool audience at the shed, and a lot of people that come like don't just come down for the gigs, but they love the venue. Uh, we've had so much support during this time as well from people that just love the venue. And I feel like those people in particular will listen to us if we say, for the sake of this business, we really need you to follow these rules. Yeah. I think we will, but there are pro- there may be other places where the customer base is a bit more kind of random depending what's on and they may not give as much respect to the venues as they would to ours or, or other venues that are in our position. You know, We still have like some gigs where you get a lot of random people coming in and I imagine it's going to be a bit more difficult with them to kind of say please but for us can you please just do this but we'll see it's it's hard to tell but I'm hoping like I said earlier I think there will be like a big spike especially at the start because people are gonna miss the hell out of shows but then once that kind of nostalgia's gone and once people have kind of gone that was really fun, but actually, this is still a bit dangerous. It may then be a bit harder to keep hold on to those customers coming into the venues. Yeah, totally. That down. So, yeah. who knows? It's it's weird, man. It's a, it's such a weird time at the minute. Um, it is. Like I said, I'm trying to plan for the reopening, um, kind of financially and health and safety wise, and everything. And it's it's just like, I don't know what's going to be best at the minute until we're told we can open. Then it's just going to be trial
0: and error you know yeah
1: of course I mean yeah
0: like for, for me uh personally I've noticed a lot um like my friends who are you know key workers well Jez our uh, our lead guitarist is a key worker um so I'm sure he can attest to this but our next door neighbor also works in a supermarket um and what it seems to be that a lot of people are finding is that it's not even always Uh, other people being ignorant like not everybody is like you know let's just uh, you know put that out there not everyone who isn't following the guidelines is necessarily purposely trying to be ignorant some people just literally because this is a new unprecedented situation are just kind of you know forgetting and not on purpose but like just because this is such a new thing to adjust to and you know it's being drilled into our heads but even so you know, people go to the supermarket, go about their uh, their daily duties as they would. And, uh, you know, part of that is going up to somebody and asking what aisle something's down. And then people have been getting too close, you know, to her and to whoever else. And then she obviously feels quite uncomfortable and, and unsafe because of that. So it's mm-hmm. trying to find that sort of balance where, you know, you can keep the distance between people um, and, uh, you know, keep it safe.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've nearly been prone to that as well myself. Like doing that, you kind of, like you say, you're walking around the shops. So if you go into the shop, just as you would, and then you think, oh, cr- you know, I need to make sure I yeah. get my distance from this person. Mm-hmm. If are coming down the aisle that you want to go up, you're so used to just kind of walking up there and it's fine. And you have to kind of think that, oh, hang on a second. I need to stand here and wait for them to come out so I can then go in. Um, and I think it, yeah. it'll be the same gigs because everyone's used to a gigs kind of like, packing in and jumping around and having fun yeah. getting hits and all of that and it's just gonna have to be it's just gonna have to be a bit different for a while and and it like it's, it's gonna be a bit hard for people to adjust to that especially when they've had a few beers down them and there's like some live music going on that's pumping you up I think I'll even yeah. have to be love it you know and <laughs> make sure I'm kind of doing everything that I should be doing because it's it's gonna be yeah. so hard just to not go oh we're at a gig again let's go yeah <laughs> you know it's just yeah, it's trying to make people a, a yeah. and kind of not not having a go and not putting like so much pressure on people, but just kind of gently reminding them and saying, Look, can you just step away a little bit? Because remember, we're trying, we're, we are open, but we're still socially distanced because that is what's going to happen. We're still going to have to open, but I think it'll be a limited uh, capacity to start with, definitely. Even for us at a 200 cap, I wouldn't be surprised if we can only let 100 people in to start with. If yeah. That, yeah. You know, make sure it's safe. I- for has the space to stand around we may even have to do what supermarkets are doing and grid off sections where each person yeah. can stand it may it may be the case of that so we'll have to see
0: it really mm. does make you wonder what uh you know what that's going to mean for the future of festivals like download and slam dunk mm-hmm. like you know, how on earth are they gonna you know manage that kind of situation i can't even begin to imagine
1: no i don't know mm. i don't know i'm i'm even like are they going to be able to put festivals on next summer you know, who knows? It's we hope such, such large festivals, like you say, is as uh, download and, and things like Glastonbury and Redden and Leeds and stuff? It's like, is that going to be able to work? In yeah, years' time. Who, who knows? Who knows?
2: Yeah, I mean, you I mean, mean,
0: wonder after the sorry, Rob, I didn't mean to interrupt you there.
2: Interrupt. Um, I was going to say, like, um, I think it's going to be. A difficult situation for like the festivals and stuff next year i don't know where that's going to go but something that did kind of pop into my head when you were talking about that we've got uh, something down uh, there so yeah sorry i just
0: wanted to stick that up there because that's very true
2: yeah mm-hmm. it's very true um yeah. is i don't know if you've seen online there's a photo of people in a kind of like cafe in italy and they've got these hats on with these, you know, like the noodle things. I, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen And it's kind of to keep the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of me felt, you know, like imagine that in a venue with like a mosh pit going on, it, you'd you'd be, you'd be like this, you know, at a <laughs> distance. <laughs> People windmilling <in> each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> windmilling, but no effect, you know. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, that. um, that'd be
0: amazing. <laughs>
2: Uh, but when that, you know, the comment was up, it's very true. Um, I think we've just got to wait to see what happens with this virus. Yeah. I mean, you know, a, a month ago we were saying in two months it'll be fine. Um, and, you know, it, we're, we're at the point where it's a month later and we're like, in yeah, another two months it'll be fine, you know. Yeah. We yeah. we don't know. Um, it really depends on how this infection spreads. Yeah. Definitely.
1: We're, we're kind of taking at the minute of it's not going to be okay, uh, you know, for those time periods. We are probably still going to be, good. like I said, we've been advised September, October time that we might be reopening. But who knows? Like we're taking that with a pinch of salt because no one really knows. We could start opening a few places up again and we could get a second spike and everything will have to close again. You know, yeah. so it's, it's really tricky to say Like we we've got some shows booked in with booking agents and with bands and stuff and we, we you know they're all very aware and we're, we're also saying to them like look we're gonna have to just watch the situation and you know if we have to push it back again we, we might just have to but we don't really want to make the call until we definitely know because the worst thing that could happen is they're like yep you can reopen and then we're like we've got nothing on we can't yeah. reopen there's no yeah. guests booked that's that's the thing and it's just well connor
0: from, sorry no no carry on i was gonna say connor from uh cabin boy jump ship really awesome band um he said he's supposed to have a rescheduled tour in november but he has no idea how it's going to work if we're still in the same situation in six months time which is very true and that's Mm -hmm. just what we're saying
1: yeah and i imagine with uh with connor's band as well um they're not going to be playing that small venues you know and uh Yeah, like I said, it could it could very well open up in stages. And just because we're we're smaller and we're open, it doesn't mean those kind of slightly bigger ones will be. You you just never know. I'm sure there'll be some venues open before we are, and a lot of venues open after we are. We we've got a fortunately we have got a downstairs venue that's um, eighty capacity, um, and it might be that we can only open downstairs for a while. Um, But still, if we can, that's something. You know, that's, that's yeah.
0: It's a move in the right direction
1: without a doubt so it might even be the case of that that we we have to do it that way and and the same with other people that are fortunate like us to have kind of two venues in one building or you know they can just do it at reduced capacity because even the bigger venues can operate at that capacity and it'll be a lot more spaced out
0: yeah
2: Yeah. i mean yeah i totally get you um something that i mean obviously it must be affecting Um, your venue financially Um, I can't you know begin to imagine how that's affecting you guys but you know there's obviously the furlough thing going on as well so there'll be some you know compensation there Um, what do you think because there's been a I mean I'm not sure if you're doing this yourself um, because I haven't seen anything on Facebook yet but I might have missed it Um, what do you think because there's a few other venues that I know who are doing like fundraisers for their venue to kind of like keep it going Mm -hmm. um what's your opinion on that
1: so this is actually it's really cool and i'll explain it all as to why we're kind of not as involved with it but it's for a positive reason so uh we have a thing called the music venues alliance which is a a fantastic uh group of just people that we all come together there's uh, over like 500 uk venues based in it there's like facebook group and all sorts of guy that runs it mark david is great um, and yeah, they set this up. They set up a crowdfunder to to kind of help these venues, and it, it's basically like a big pot of money that's kind of saying if these venues that are part of the Music Venue Alliance are part, you know, are really really struggling, then we, you know, it can it can be taken out of that. Now we were ridiculously fortunate um, that about it was probably about two months ago, uh, someone called Diane got in touch with us via our Facebook page and said, oh, Frank Turner has been doing some live streams and, and doing a similar thing and raising money for venues. And each week he plays one of his albums through and um, yeah. he picks the venue to really kind of help. Um, and she said, I watched it last night and I have actually just emailed Frank and, you know, said about you guys, he's done a DJ set at The Shed before, so he kind of knew the venue. Um, she got in touch with him. He said, yeah, I'd be really up for doing one of these for The Shed. Uh, get them to go. Oh, into- wow. So I got in touch, and then, yeah, Frank Turner did a live stream and ended up raising just shy of £12,000 for the venue. Wow. Which was Oof. incredible. Yeah, like, we set our target at 5000 and thought, oh, that's a bit of a stretch, but it'd be nice, wouldn't it? And we hit that in the first 10 minutes, and we were just absolutely blown And, you know, its it doesn't sound like a lot of money, but to us it's such a substantial amount. Because of the furlough scheme that we're quite fortunate with, um, and with us being able to shut everything down in the venue, essentially, so we're not paying as many bills, um, it's really just helped us cover the finances we really needed to um, to start up again. Because we, in all honesty, we were in a position where we were like, if this goes on throughout the summer and after, we may have to close. Like we we just will not have the funds to be able to start up again. Um, and amazingly, those funds have just Kind of put a new light into it. And we've gone. Oh my yeah. God, we There was a point where we were just sitting there, like we don't know what's going to happen. It's completely out of our hands. But now we've got that that part of money is it's saved. It saved our venue, basically. So if you do, if anyone watching this and you guys like, if you see venues posting about it and say we really need your help with this, just do it, man. It's like even just like five, ten quid, massively, massively helps. It's it's yeah. crazy. Um, and you know. I saw some comments on there saying this this figure, this twelve thousand pound figure is great, but it's not really that much money for a business. Is it really gonna help? And it's like, yeah, that's yeah. from us saying we're gonna shut to we can reopen, you know? It's yeah. such a, it's such a big difference. Um so I'm all about it. There's no way that music venues are able to make money at the minute at all. It's so when they're in kind of positions that are similar to ours. They, they must be really really worried like i can't even imagine it like for us we were feeling that and it was absolutely horrible so i've already donated to it and i, I just want to you know I, I implore everyone to help as much as you can because people that are music fans the live music industry is still massive and like imagine yeah. not being able to go to a gig and see a favorite band even if exactly.
0: it's terrible
1: exactly even if it's on the smaller scale at the minute, they're they're not. You're not going to form new favorite bands because they're not going to be able to go and play and tour anywhere, you know. And as powerful as no. it is, that people will still be able to do it. You you can't be a gig and interacting with the band and the band interacting with the with the fans like they do at a music
2: venue. So it, it's super no. important. Super important. Yeah, Danny, can you um, bring up Jazz Hunt's comment? I really like that one.
0: Uh, let me just find it. He's, uh, uh, do you he's- mean?
2: He's a singer in We Give In and also my
1: flatmate. <laughs> he's living. He's sitting in the living room, I think, at the minute, watching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was, that the one, was that the one you wanted me to bring up, or was yeah. there another one? Yeah.
2: That's it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I totally agree that like crowdfunding for venues that maybe have some struggle at the moment is a very good thing to do. Um, the way that I like to look at it, there's. I'm not going to name any names. There are there are there's one particular venue that's fairly close to me that have done a crowdfunder. Mm-hmm. Um and but the the amount of money for me, I'm not even gonna give the the value of it as well because I know that will single them out. But yeah. the amount of money that they were asking for was absolutely insane. And for when it's something like that, I wanna know how exactly it's gonna be broken down. Mm-hmm. Um because I don't, you know, I don't want to donate to somewhere. Where half of it is going to go into their back pocket, and yeah. then the other half is going to go into the venue. I want to know exactly how that money is one is going to be spent. Like, yeah, is it going to be spent on you know paying the staff, keeping the upkeep, um, you know the inventory, cleaning the place out, all all of that, keeping above water sort of thing. Um, and they did eventually put something like that up. I know they did, and I appreciated that, and I did donate, but. Do you think that's something that should be done if it's like high value? What do you think to that? 100%, absolutely they should
1: because during these times, everyone is struggling, struggling for money, not just music venues, yeah. not businesses, but us as people are struggling with money. Okay. So if you're going to donate to something, like you said, you want to know exactly where that money's going to. You'd like to think that people aren't like that in the world and you'd like to think they're not just going to go... Great, we've got 30 grand here. That's fantastic. That can sit in the bank for, for a few years until we, you know, need it. Um, but there probably are some people out there and I think it is really important to kind of say this is where your money is going to be spent. You know, like for us, it's just the first couple of months of getting bands in and then paying the staff because the money isn't going to come in straight away as soon as we start opening. The money is not there to be able to pay for the live acts. You know, on the reopening night and those subsequent following weeks, there's no money there initially to pay people. Um, and also, there's a point where people were open beforehand, and obviously, everyone was kind of aware this was going on, everyone was aware that there is a possibility it will be shut down. Um, so we actually had not lows but a bit of outstanding debt from before that where the money had stopped coming in and we just couldn't pay it. Um, so for us, yeah, it's stuff like that, but yeah. To response to your question, it's so important for people to really list out where that money is going to. It's like any crowdfunding man. Like I've done a couple with bands in the past and it's kind of been like if you, you know, your money is going to go to, you know, us paying for this new album or us to be able to go out on tour and, and detailing how it's going to help that. So when it is your money, when you're spending your money on something, you do want to know what you're spending your money on.
0: Sure. And also you want to know that it's going to the source. This is one thing for me that really irks me and we were really careful to get this right. like um, I don't know if you saw we did we did our uh, Hayes quarantine video mm. and um, we would the, the cause of that was 50 percent was going to essentially go to the NHS and 50 percent to mine, or we were trying to encourage donations to both. but we didn't want to use some third- party site that was then going to try and take like a 10 percent, 15 percent cut because to yeah. me, you know, you want to set up a donation link to the NHS. You don't want a third party taking uh, out of that. That's abhorrent. That's completely, that's disgusting. You don't want to see another company taking away the money that was supposed to go straight to the NHS. So that's like really important to, without, you know, to, to iron out.
1: And we, we actually had a few people with the um, Frank Turner one that kind of had that issue. And we were saying like, we, we are getting 100% of this money, like without a doubt. Yeah they were still a bit concerned, which was great because they would just care they cared about the venue and didn't want it to go. Yeah. To, like you say, third parties. And, and with those people, we actually set up direct our, our PayPal link and just said, if you feel a bit more comfortable sending it straight on PayPal and knowing that money's coming straight to us, then then go for it. You know, so we did it that way. Um but that that's always going to be a worry. One thing i will also with venues, if you do see um that it is in association with the Music Venues Trust or the Music Venues Alliance, it is going completely to the venues. But obviously some people may decide to the third party sites, which it may not be.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I think there's a few ones out there. I'm not sure what the situation, I need to double check, but like with GoFundMe, Kickstarter, I know that quite a few of those companies uh, behind the scenes take like a small percentage cut. And when it comes to donations, especially anything charitable or, you know, giving back to the community, the last thing that anyone wants is to, you know, is for a third party like that to to profit off of a really horrible situation, yeah. um, especially when all they're kind of doing is just hosting the platform, really. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. Something I read up on though is that um, PayPal during this time, so with PayPal, over a certain amount of money they get a, a percentage of it. So I think it's if it's below a hundred pounds they don't take anything, but then over a hundred pounds, they take, I think it's something like 20p per the pound, Something Um, like that. Yeah, it's something mad. Like once it gets to that point, it gets quite crazy. I mean, I used to run a venue myself where we did uh, birthday party stuff and then we also did uh, music venue stuff. And once it got past that part, we we would always do like 99 pounds, 99p, and then, okay, next transition, 99 pounds, 99p. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, but something I have heard that PayPal are doing is that they actually reduced that rate in this time. It's still yeah. there, but they've reduced it, and I thought that's really nice to have that there. Just in case you do want to donate to something. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. End of the day, you know, they are a massive business, but they're still a business and do need to make a bit of money somewhere. But I agree, it's it's really cool that that they're doing stuff like that. It's like band Camp as well. Like they've just kind of taken Random Fridays and saying, right, this, on this day only, we are taking nothing. From yeah. any media that's bought through this platform, which is, is great. You know, I've seen I have seen a lot of people kinda of saying, well, maybe it'd be better if they just reduced that percentage for a longer amount of time. But I think either way works. And I just it, it is nice yeah. when when you're seeing companies like that that are big companies that to be honest can afford to do it and helping out, you know, the smaller people, it's it's a really cool thing. You know, there, there probably aren't enough people doing it.
0: <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think Spotify uh, i'm sure i read that spotify were doing something similar i don't know if it's on it probably not on the same scale but yeah I think...
1: they've set up a similar thing so you can i've not looked into it properly yet but you can basically set up on your artist page like a donate button so people will donate oh, yeah. you as an artist i don't know if they take a percentage of that or not it's something i'm looking into at the minute um because it might be worth doing i'm I, but it's spotify isn't it so chances are yeah there. You always
0: got to err on the side of caution with them, unfortunately.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, something I've just seen, a comment a little while ago from Matt Duke. Um full question for you, Tom, is how has the Shed dealt with their draft stock? There we go. <laughs>
1: um,
2: we're really
1: lucky because we made an order before this all happened. And providing we actually do reopen in September or slash October time, we're still in date the stock's still in date the fridges are kind of still on like we can still sell it uh um, yeah that's that's good as for other venues i don't know they might not be as fortunate you know to be able to say that and to be able to do that so i can imagine if there there were some venues that were kind of hesitant on buying stock in case they got closed down they may then have a load of like draft stock that they're just gonna have to get rid of which is a massive shame and obviously a massive waste of money for those, um, for those venues. But there are also some beer companies some drink um, companies that are are saying like, if that happens, we'll give you some money back. Some are even writing off invoices, writing off orders. Like there was um, again, the music venues trust Facebook group saw a few weeks ago, they were kind of writing people with just kind of making comments, like just so you all know, this company's really helped me out. And it's kind of helping everyone see who the, who the really nice people are and, and who are. not um yeah and, and who the more understanding people are and they're kind of saying to, to the smaller venues you know don't worry about it like it's not your fault this has happened we can afford to kind of just let that order go um so that you know that's great um hopefully not too many venues are struggling with that but you never know.
2: Yeah yeah I I really like that. Um something I've seen um from another venue locally to me is Uh, that the venue itself does um, very unique. So they do have their normal bitters, their normal lagers, you know, normal ciders, all that sort of thing. But they have, like, their unique brand sort of thing for local breweries, or they do it themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And what they've been doing is they've set up a delivery service. So for those items specifically. So, I mean, I can't imagine it working like, can I have a pint, please, you know? And then taking yeah. it, taking it over kind of wobbly on the train or something, but um the, in these little cans you know in one in these cans they're delivering them out to um people, so they're kind of like they can have their um experience back to being like into a pub sort of thing um Do you think that's something you guys might think about or do you think that's too much
1: no so it's it's an interesting thing, and I've been talking to a few people about this, so basically we've got this furlough scheme going on and um, we're we're all on furlough including our owner um, she she's on furlough as well so there's a, there's a, a thing in place with the furlough scheme whereas if the if the business is showing to be making money the furlough for those staff that are doing it can be completely cancelled um, and the business will have to pay for those staff which you know there's two there's two sides but when you when you've got a smaller business and it's like those businesses yeah they're not paying for the staff but they still need to pay stuff. um yeah don't need to do things like that including us like we, we were thinking of doing it um and it is kind of it riles a few people up but then there is also the case of if they don't put if the government don't put that in place there are a lot of people that will take the mickey out of it um and kind of find loopholes in the system which is a shame but it happens um so basically we we would like to but at the minute we can't because everyone is furloughed including our owner and if anyone is seen doing any work to make money for the shed, then that furlough gets cancelled. And we yeah. can't no none of us can afford for that to happen at the minute. Yeah. Because um, I know there have been some businesses that have a bit more money in there that have kind of gone, right, we'll furlough everyone. But there might be a manager that we can still pay just to do stuff like that and to go out in their car and deliver pints to people, which would be fantastic. But unfortunately, we can't do that. But it is something we really wanted to do. <laughs>
2: Yeah, cool, cool. Um, so, coming off the topic um, for. Oh, um, sorry, I
0: just wanted to pull this up because uh, I think that's a really good point, actually. So, Jazz said, would love to see venues starting to utilize services like Twitch where you can donate during live stream gigs as an entry fee, which might negate the where is my donation going because you're paying for the entertainment like you would uh, if you were going to a gig, which I think is a really that's a really valid point actually
1: yeah 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 definitely um i feel like maybe some people i've seen that have been kind of tuning into live streams might kind of be like oh my god i can just get this for free why would i pay for it but yeah you're right if you've got people that genuinely want to help the venue and want to put money towards the venues then you can say to them right well in return here's a live gig that essentially you've you've paid entry for um, yeah you know, that that could work really well. Um There's also, I've seen uh, the Soundhouse, which is another venue in Leicester. They've uh, kind of done their crowdfunder as a raffle. So they've been working with Tom Meehan, the singer from Kasabian. And oh, yeah. they've raffled off one of his acoustic guitars that he signed and everything, Um, which is really cool. And they've kind of, they've said, you know, you're giving something to us here, so we're going to give something back. So I think it's kind of, one or the other you can either kind of say right this is where your money's going or if you put money into this we're going to give you something back out of it um, yeah it's like 2000 trees festival like when they i don't know if you've seen but they've been doing like um crowdfunders and it's the same guys that run art tangent as well so they've been doing a similar thing and they've basically obviously had to cancel this year and gone we don't have the money <laughs> to be able to cancel but we've been forced to um, yeah so they're kind of offering things out that will benefit the audience in the future. And have said, you know, if you pay X amount of money, you'll get a a lifetime ticket to to two thousand, or or it lasts 10 years or something. Um, Other things are kind of like personal shows at your campsite. So you can pay a certain amount of money and a band will come to your campsite and and play a half hour set for you. There's stuff like that. getting to be on side of stage when your favorite band is on and yeah again it's that kind of format of if you're giving something to us we're going to give something back to you And for the value of this this is what you're going to get um and yeah i think i think it can work either way but twitch is a great platform and we've been um so we have um our open mic nights every thursday night uh which is called drinks and jams and the host that does it for us is one of my really good friends tim um, he runs it, and fortunately, is freelance, so he's not furloughed and can do a few bits. He's not making yeah. any from it, but he absolutely loves drinks and jams, and he's basically set it up on Twitch, and he's also set it up on um, like a Facebook group as well. So the acts will go live in the Facebook group, and then he'll go on Twitch and stream them using the screen share from his computer. Um, yeah, and that works really well. And any uh, drinks and jams anyway is a free entry event. Um, and we've got a hat out, so we can put money in the hat if they think the, the, the acts are worth it, and then the money distributes throughout uh, to the acts. And he's basically been able to do it exactly the same way, but using donations through Twitch um, and PayPal, which is really cool. So it, it is stuff that can be done, and I think it's probably the way the industry is going to go if we are shut for the rest sure. of the year, at least. Yeah. Especially what we're on about with the bigger festivals, too. You know, yep. um, the festivals, they don't have as much time to plan this year, so they've kind of thrown stuff together and put live streams together, which has been great. But I feel if they're more forward planning for next year, and say, well, you know, if they find out early enough that they can't run it next year, they may be able to set it up completely as a live stream. Uh, yeah, fans will probably be able to be together in one room, so they can always, you know, kind of do sure. it as a class free in your home, and you can pay. A and then it will still be
0: live as well.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Nice. Which you know, that would be a really cool idea and I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it goes. And if we end up, if it ends up with um, bands being able to kind of come together in a room, if it's like four or five people and be able to live stream from somewhere, we might even consider doing that from the shed and saying, right, you guys come here, we'll set it up on the stage. You set up as you would a normal gig. It'll be a bit weird because there'll be no crowd, but there'll be some cameras yeah there, and we'll live stream it on, onto our, our Facebook page. Um It's certainly... Uh, another way of kind of helping raise money for the venues if sure. that's
0: what you know I mean I know this might be a bit of a far-fetched one but then in the same kind of sense as that you could even have some kind of digital tour so like where a band isn't actually able to physically go on tour they could stream from each of those venues Facebook pages which then at least they've kind of had exposure all over the UK as opposed yeah. to just like you know from their from their own little corner mm-hmm. and.
1: 100 percent there's a leicester artist called st manville who's been doing that um he started off doing it over on instagram just on his instagram um, yeah and that way but then he set up another tour and um, that was doing it from different venues uh facebook pages which was really cool and i think it's a really good idea and again might just be the way that that people might have to tour over the next year yeah these venues are still closed and it's cool they like what I'm actually really liking and the positive I'm taking from all of this is definitely the creativity that people are finding within themselves and kind of going, yeah, right. We can't do that. We're forced to not kind of have to do the norm. So let's think outside the box and do some other cool stuff. Yeah. Um, And that's why I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying seeing what people are doing. I'm really enjoying, um, having ideas myself and having ideas with my bands as well. Um, it's, it's sick. Like we've, uh, with We Give In, we've basically put together four tracks that we've been able to record completely in isolation. Um, yeah. Away from each other because we're fortunate enough, we've all got um, some form of audio interface, albeit some of them aren't great, but they're good enough to work. And we we got few, yeah, the
0: yeah, done.
1: yeah, we got a few mics from the shed to help us out because I literally live around the corner from there as well. So we grabbed a couple of them out and basically we've made an EP, but we're releasing it as singles. But yeah, we've been doing that completely in isolation. Even our producer has his own home studio. So we've, in fact, just today, we've sent two tracks off to him um, and he's currently mixing and mastering them. So it's just, it's it's cool. Like a lot of people can kind of think like, oh, this is rubbish. Like, I can't be bothered with this. You know, I'll just wait for it to all be over. But I I'm just finding it really cool seeing the amount of creativity there is amongst people, yeah. amongst people and artists they are saying, no, we're stuck like this for a while. Let's figure out how we're going to make the most of it so it's, it's wicked
0: nice. I think the amount of innovation that I've seen is just it's incredible really like I've seen everything from you know just normal live streams from people's pages to you know fun and quizzes I mean I can speak for uh, you know for, for mine and Rob's band we literally try and think of something every week to you know to try and do that we wouldn't normally do like for quarantine which uh you know we kind of we've done everything from cards against humanity to drawing and just stuff that you wouldn't you know if we hadn't been through this uh, this horrible situation we wouldn't have thought necessarily about this stuff before because we would have just been totally focused on you know on on the live stuff and obviously the actual physically being there stuff um so at least that's sort of something that we can you know we can all take away from it And I've seen so much innovation from a whole variety of bands, everything from compilation CDs to, you know, whole live concerts like the Five for Five Fest. Like it's it's amazing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm just I am kind of looking forward to seeing what people do more. I feel like this is only the start. But even if we um, even if everything opens back up again, I think people are starting to realize, hang on. There's more here I can do. There's more, there's more stuff yeah. to explore. And it's actually not that difficult to do it at the minute. Um, and yeah, it's it's a really interesting time. Um, and I think people are just thinking in different ways and exploring different avenues. Like we we we've started doing like a band podcast every week. We're looking at setting up like a D and D game uh, where all of us play and we record a podcast of yeah. like that. Um and just doing like more live streams and engaging with our fans more, man. Like that's it's we've had so much more time to just sit on social media when when people are commenting and messaging and everything else, we're yeah. actually able to go oh great I'll respond to that as opposed to looking at your phone going oh I'm busy I'll respond to that later and then completely forgetting you know and it's kind of now drilling that mentality into into my head and I know a lot of other people's heads that are in bands and kind of saying hello I I can have a little bit of time here and can get in the habit just to get my phone out and reply to that comment um so yeah it's interesting because a lot of there's a lot of negativity going out at the minute and people are kind of forgetting the good things And even though people might be coming out of these, you know, these ideas might be coming out because people feel a bit forced to, they have to do it. They're still creative ideas that people are coming up with that definitely wouldn't have done before. Like me doing this and I've featured on quite a few different like podcasts and live streams and that at the minute, it's something I've never normally had time to do. And now something I've realized I really enjoy doing and I wanted to be able to do more of it. And You don't even think like, hang on, I can just sit at, sit at my desk and do this. No. it'd have to be right i need to make time i need to get to this place with these people yeah. but now it's just simple like you guys just called me 10 minutes before we went live and went yep yeah, boom there we go let's let's go yeah. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. there's more, <laughs> more of this about even after the quarantine like you see loads of people doing it and it's like do you know what like keep it up this is like hours of entertainment for everyone like myself included where it's stuff you wouldn't normally have and it's wicked
2: yeah
0: i'm hoping this is you know this is going to set a precedent And like you say, that when, you know, when life does go back to normal and we are able to, you know, physically play shows again and tour and, you know, do everything that we normally would. um, I really hope that all of this, you know, carries on, that bands do carry on doing live streams, that they do carry on showing us what goes on in their day to day lives. Because I think that's really important. And also in terms of getting people to come to the live shows, I think, you know, I could speak person only speak for myself. But uh, you know, seeing a, a little insight into a band's life does make me feel that much more inclined to then go along to their you know to their next show really
1: yeah man well like, we yeah. we did a we did a live stream we've done it with both the single releases so far and we we spent like four or five hours on the live stream on Instagram. And we kind of, all we do is hang out with people. And like the first hour, there's quite a few people there. And then we keep saying like, we're dropping a new track at midnight. Like, even if you're here now and you want to go and do whatever, we're still going to be here. Come back at like 10 to 12 and we'll celebrate it together. And we we had a couple of people, particularly one girl who stayed with us the entire time, had never listened to the band, just kind of knew us as people. Like she, she went down to the shed quite a bit um, and, and just kind of, knew us but had never really listened to the band and then she stayed on the live stream the whole time and then when midnight hit listened to the song and now like follows us and loves the music and i think you're right it's that interaction people get with with the, you're no longer like a face on a music video you're a person yeah. you're speaking yeah. to other people you know especially with like the higher profile bands who you know, they kind of get this legendary status and people are like, oh my God, you know, they're amazing. And then with things like this, it's just like, oh, hang on, they're just kind of people that you can just yeah. hang out and, <laughs> and You know, and that's, I think that's what a lot of people are about, especially musicians, man. Like we, we're some of the most sociable people on the planet and, and we cool. just love like going out and playing shows and drinking beers and, and having a good time with people. And if you can still keep that up and show your fans that that's the kind of mentality you have, people are more inclined to come up to you and, and chat to you after and
0: buy merch as well you know yeah of course. and those yeah. those bands who interact and engage with your content are invaluable i mean i um you know i i got into this a little bit the other day but like this is the same with uh, for me this is like very much the same with spotify playlisting uh every band everywhere really wants to get onto an official spotify playlist of course they do like you know that that is part of the territory but ultimately, uh, you know, there is no set formula for doing that. Um, you can submit a song to them um, and, you know, their curators will listen to it and then it's completely up to luck, uh, you know, whether it then gets uh, gets put on a playlist or not. But they really aren't, although they are something, they're not everything. Um, I've seen so many curated playlists, uh, you know, from other musicians just like you or I. Uh, in these groups who run their own playlists and they have several thousand followers. And just from like our own experience, I found that those are actually 10 times as valuable as exactly. uh, as being on the, on the Spotify playlist because what you get from those is people who ultimately then follow your profile, go and find you on your other socials uh, and engage with you as opposed to like, you can be on the official Spotify playlist and that's fantastic. But that will be limited like you you won't be on there forever. some of these playlists that people run you're on there for the rest of you know for the rest of time essentially, or as long as they want to keep you on there. Spotify tend to change it quite regularly at least that's been my you know what I've kind of seen um and so although your your streams might go up, that doesn't mean that your actual like listener base. All the people who then engage and follow your profile goes up whereas i think that kind of does happen with the with the curated ones
1: yeah and end of the day like the main spotify players it's all a numbers game isn't it just because you've got five six thousand more people listening to that track does not mean they're going to go to your socials and follow you and see what
0: you
1: know no. no. flip through it be like oh yeah that sounds all right cool you know next track and that that's it um, and it, it's it's so much more important like getting those those hardcore like fans in like when we do when we're doing live streams now especially on Instagram you can invite people to live streams but not only can you invite them you can ask the people that are in the live stream with you to invite all of their friends as well and that's few yeah. more fans we released our last single was at 10 to 12 we had a few you know like 10 12 people like in with us still and we just just like right do us all a favor we're releasing this track We want as many people to hear it as possible invite everyone on your list just in just to come and hang out with us and it was
2: yeah.
1: all the comments were like what on earth is this why am i part of this and we just kept saying stick with us wait till midnight and and we've got a surprise for you put the yeah. track out you're like just click on the link and listen to it even if you listen to it for five seconds and let us know what you think it would mean the world to us and the amount of people that did and then we're like oh actually this is really sick and then they're like I hung out with this band for 10 minutes. I want to go hang out with them more because they seem pretty cool yeah.
2: Mood, yeah. Um, no, That's a smart fantastic. way of thinking, yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. And I think for bands in this time, it's about, and it, not just bands, but it's also about businesses. It's about um, about fighting to survive. And then from surviving, it's about thriving. Yeah. So I've seen some bands and some companies who have, you know, fought their way for the survival, but they're not doing anything with it. But then yeah. there are bands and businesses where they've taken what they've survived on and then thrived with it and made something new for themselves and learned from that experience. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, what you said is you know, something that we will definitely try ourselves. Just think that I think I encourage other artists and creators to do as well. Um, if you're part of a band or part of a business, now's the time to reinvent yourself. Because you're not going to get the time when we come back. When we get back to normal, back to normality, um, it's not going to be the same. We're not going to have that time to create ourselves at all. It's going to be go, go, go. So in this time, let's use the time right now to think about what is it going to be like when we come back? Is there something we can do? Is there something we can carry on with, you know, this yeah, is like, different
1: for everyone. Yeah. With the Shedders venue, like, like you say, we've just kind of hit the reset button on it and gone, right, here's our chance to change up things. We wanted to change it for ages, but we're too busy to do, you know? And especially like we're, we're not taking it for granted. Like we, we like I said earlier, nearly got to the point where we were like, we might have to close this venue, man. Like, And now we're at the point where we're like, we think we're going to be okay. I think when we yeah. all come there is going to be no kind of um, taking it for granted. There's going to be, you know, no kind of taking it slow. We're just going to be like, oh my God, we've got our jobs back. Let's do the best what we can with this situation now. Let's let's get the ball rolling um, because we're all sat at home ball at the minute, and we all want to work and we want to get back to the shed and and build it up even more and kind of say, right, this is what we're all about now. We're, you know we've been we're fed up sat at home not doing anything let's let's put some music on let's put some live shows on let's get everyone out there and enjoying live yeah. music again. because end of the day that's what it's all about
2: without a doubt nice i think
0: on the uh, just gonna quickly say on the, on the flip side of that as well um although obviously we're gonna do everything in our power to you know keep our productivity and uh you know our creativity up uh from day to day um it's also important to recognize the fact that that isn't you are going to have days where you really just aren't feeling it you can't do it um you know this is an unprecedented situation at the end of the day and a lot of people's mental health is taking it uh, you know taking a dive um and that is going to yeah. happen because we're all cut off at the moment um and as much as i've seen uh, people really connecting uh, there are still you know a lot of repercussions as a result of this um So you are going to have days where you feel really upset or you just aren't feeling it. and That's perfectly fine as well. Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, you put it there perfectly, Danny. Um, Some, you know, when me and Danny, you know, me and and Danny obviously play in a few too many. And when we did our video, I wanted to make a very strong point about not just donating to the NHS, but also donating to the Mind Foundation. Um, A lot of artists, you know, we're, we're very emotional people. Some of us are very emotional people um uh, especially say like me and danny ourselves we both str- struggle with anxiety and depression we've both had phases where we've gone through but for people like me and danny for example who do have that for us with depression and anxiety this isn't new this isn't new to us um when it comes to something like this and we have to isolate ourselves away actually how to do it we know what we we know what we're doing we're quite comfortable Um, We know how to tackle these things. If we feel down, we know it's not going to last forever. It's just it's just something that's going to be there for a small amount of time and then it gets better. But what I found, what I saw with some people um, and it did actually, uh, I think, resulted in somebody I know who took their own life. Um, They're experiencing some people experiencing um, depression for the first time depression and anxiety for the first time because of this situation. This hasn't happened in history before, something like this. To this, I mean, the, the black, black Death, obviously, something like that happening. Ebola, you know, in other countries. But nothing this big. But, you know, in this situation in yeah, our society today. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Well, that's- and that's why I wanted to have that. Um, it, it was a donation, but it was more of an awareness sort of thing. Because... Yeah. Some people, there's a lot of people who's going to come out of this who would have had the experience of being depressed for the first time and had to have an anxiety for the first time and experiencing that. And i tell you what, when I first had my first bout of anxiety and depression, it's scary. It is very scary. And some people don't know how to handle that. Um, So it's something that even in this podcast and this live stream, needs to be made aware of um you know if you are having any you know thoughts or you're struggling please just tell someone um something you know it's something that's very close to my heart so we just needed to bring it up no without a doubt like
1: i'm feeling it a bit as well at the minute like i'm i'm actually a really extroverted person and i i'm in four bands I run the shed like I barely spend any time in this flat and it has hit me so hard kind of just having to come in and just kind of like isolate myself I guess I'm fortunate that I'm in a flat with a, uh, with a bunch of like absolutely fantastic people that have kind of helped boosting my spirits. so but I have kind of shut myself away and uh, you know not quite sure how to deal with it and like the past week has been quite difficult to be honest because I've just been you beat yourself up a bit when you when you're out doing that much work and you're out doing so much stuff when you're all of a sudden kind of can't do it or like you said like you might wake up one day and just not be in the mood and just have that mentality of I don't want to do anything today. And when you're when you're not used to having that you you do tend to just start beating yourself up and being like why? Why am I doing this to myself? Why am I not why am I not still doing this? So one hundred percent it's not you know the first time I've struggled with it but I haven't I haven't had a bout like it for a while and then it really does hit you when you're in a situation like this. So like you say, like just make sure if you're feeling like it, talk to people, talk to your friends that are like close to you and just say, like I'm struggling at the minute. Like I don't know how to deal with it, but I just want to get it off my chest because it does like help massively just saying it to someone.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to say that uh, one thing that really um, has helped me if I have a day like that uh, and I don't know if this is the same for anyone else, but I, if I have a day like that, then generally I like to really take a complete step away from social media because social media at the moment, uh, on the whole, is full of a lot of negativity. Uh, and you're going to see a lot of articles from the press who have acted terribly throughout this whole thing. Um, and you know they do put you in, in, in a certain mind frame. And if you're already not in a great one, uh, you know, then it's a downward spiral. So uh, I don't know if that, you know, helps anybody else. But I, if I have a day like that, I really like to sort of switch off um, until I'm back into a better mindset to be able to sort of deal with it, I guess.
2: Definitely. And uh, it's definitely, you know, it's, you know, very a very good point, uh, especially coming from yourself, Danny, you, you work in social media. Um, and I guess you can see, the, you know, the upsides and the downsides to it. Um, sure. uh, when people say to me, Oh, I'm taking a break from social media, social media really doesn't have that effect on me, but I think it, dep- it affects people in different sort of ways. Um, some people it's their entire life, you know, <laughs> like yeah. they wake up, they go on Facebook, they go on Instagram, they go on Twitter, they go on Reddit and that's their life, you know, like yeah. they, they do work and then every 20 minutes they have to have a peek, you know? Um, but I think it just depends on yourself. Um, yeah. Uh, of course yeah um all right well i I think we've had you know very very good chat about yeah where you're at with the sheds um how's it going with the band is it you know obviously you said that you're being creative still you're still writing tracks you're still sending stuff over did it affect you guys in any sort of way you know did you have anything planned yeah oh mate yeah we
1: um had quite a lot planned actually so we we kind of had to i only joined the band last year and the band's been going for a a couple of years this is we give in sorry and they kind of had to take a break so a couple of members had to move away they had to get me in and a guy called Camin. and we we basically sat together played a couple of gigs with some of the older songs but we were like if we're doing this fresh new band we need a new sound you know so we spent so long coming up with like new set lists new songs everything and that we had planned to record and then this happened and we were like, oh, we were just getting into a fantastic yeah. routine, like practicing at least once a week together, writing songs, getting a brand new set list together. We had some shows booked in April um, that we were really buzzing for that were kind of like kind of, they, they were out of town. Um, and we were so excited for them, for them to be pulled. We were a bit like, "Uh." so the first couple of weeks, we kind of took it a bit kind of negatively. And we were like, "Ah, oh, what, you know, what are we going to do? But then once we kind of found our feet and we started talking to our producer and saying, we've got four songs that we've not recorded that we were planning on coming to record with you in the next couple of months. How can we do this? Like, how can we get around it? And we, we, all, we yeah. figured out how to do it. Um, so like I said before, like it's just the positivity that came out of that. It's great. Um, I'm in some other bands as well. Um, and we've kind of had a, a kind of different story with them. It's a bit harder because not everyone has the equipment to be able to do what we're doing with We Give In at the minute, Um, one of the bands I'm in Surrealist, we actually have an album recorded um, and our producer can't get to his studio or can like, but not very often to work on the track. So that has just kind of slowed down completely. And we were obviously all getting ready and hyped to get that album out and say, right, here we go. You know, Got this fresh album out, this is gonna be dope. We'll promote the hell out of it to what we're gonna do now. So we've now had to change Mm. it and it's no longer an album; it's a run of singles. <laughs> so we, again, it's adapting to it, and it's being patient with people. And with, yeah, we're slowly adapting in, in that kind of way. And then another band I, I play in, um, it's a guy called Joe who goes under the name of his Home of Shakespeare, um, and I play drums in his band. Um, again, we had some stuff recorded ready to be mixed, and now that we're struggling to be able to get to the, into studios to be able to do that, um, and also. We were at the point where we are starting to write new tracks, but hadn't really got the kind of full form of them all yet. They were just kind of ideas. And then we can't go anywhere and obviously rehearse them and write them now. So the other bands have kind of taken a bit of a standstill, but through fault of no one, it's just through the circumstance. And we're all pretty good, but we're trying our best to do as much as we can. with kind of what yep. we have, but it is, it is difficult. So I've kind of got it from, from two, perspectives really i've got it from a band that are fortunate enough that we've got a bit of equipment that we can do stuff together and then i'm in bands that, that we can't and it's very much kind of applying your mind to different scenarios you know and, and just trying to make the best out of a bad situation um, yeah but it's cool like we're we having a really cool reception to the new singles of we have been especially with people being able to stay in and um, because there's more people that are staying up a bit later so if you yeah. put the midnight releases of these tracks and listening to them from the off, like our streams have gone higher than they've been before. And I think that does come down to the quality of recording, the quality of the songs, but also the more time that people have. Um, Sure. So there are, you know, it is actually an all right time to be releasing music at the minute, just apart from the fact everyone is doing it and it just becomes a bit more saturated, but in general, more time to listen to more music. So it is actually a pretty cool time to be able to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's uh, you know it hit us like a truck as well. Um, all of our plans completely went up in smoke, uh, and now we're trying to adapt to the you know to that situation. I think the the thing that we're the most keen on is to get back into the studio and finish our record. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, especially given the response that we've had, uh, we've you know we've had from Hayes at the moment, um, it makes us really keen to get on with that because we've had a really positive reception to you know to that song um and this record is very much along you know along similar lines but there's lots of varying uh, elements and and different tracks and you know there's it, it's a bit here there and everywhere but in a in a spread out kind of way yeah. um and we're just really keen to you know to get in and be able to do that but obviously with the you know with the guidelines as they are at the moment we can't yet get to that that point so we've uh, we've had to focus on the you know, home production side. And we've been able to, like, uh, we put out a cover of um, Post Malone's song, uh, Sunflower, quite recently, which oh, we did literally, all of us just did that, you know, from from our home base, essentially. Um, but yeah, no, we're, we're dying to get back into the studio. And our tour went up in smoke. So goodness knows, you know, when we're going to be able to sort things for that. Um, anything you want to add, Rob?
2: Yeah, I mean, for us we had planned to go to the studio in April, start of April. And that's literally as it started. So, um, for us, I mean, for myself, when at the first start of it, for say for the first few weeks, it was a kick in the teeth. It was something that I, I, you know, I got really upset about it, really angry about it. Um, but now I've had you know, the time to step back, uh, we've, you know, there's a couple of songs on this record that we've managed to reinvent a bit. A couple of songs we said, I don't know if that's good enough. They need some work. And there's more songs that we've written that's come out of this. Um, But I think the really nice thing is that Haze, which is a song we released back in December, um, it's a song that we very much pushed, and we still push it very much today, um, is kind of come back to life because of this this situation, of this lockdown, because we've promoted it and we made a video out of it. And we've loved the response from it. Um, so, you know, it's about going back again to that surviving and thriving. Um, mm. So, you know, it, 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 all, it all comes back to that in the end. Um, yeah. I, you know, looking back on it now, I don't know what you feel, Danny. For me, I'm happier now going into the studio than I was yep. back at the time.
0: I feel a lot more prepped than, uh, th- than we originally did. Um, we're now rescheduled for end of August, fingers crossed, because obviously we don't know what's, uh, what's around the corner, but yeah. I really, I-, I feel like I'm ready, you know, like I'm aching to get back in there now. Um, and you know, and like Rob said, because of all of this, uh, we have had a chance to review the material we had, we have strengthened some of it. We have sort of ditched other bits and pieces. Um, So I feel like if we, you know, if if things get lifted and we can go in end of August, we can go in and do our, you know, our best work, hopefully.
1: lovely. It's cool having the time to be able to do it. Like with the the four new tracks we've now got recording and ready, we have spent so much longer on these tracks than we ever would have if we, because we had them ready and we were like, let's go to the studio and record them. But thinking about it, if we'd have gone in at that point, they would have only been like, they would have been finished, but only half finished compared to what they're at now. Like we've we've got like quite a nice vocal mic, just set up in my room. Like we made a makeshift vocal booth using my duvet and a, and a kind of wardrobe rail, which worked really well actually. Um, and me me and the vocalist live together so we've been isolating together, so we have spent days and days and days, and our flatmates and girlfriends are absolutely sick of hearing these songs, but we've been reinventing them, like, I'm, I'm a vocalist as well, so we've been adding, like, those uh, backing tracks and harmonies, yeah. and all sorts to it that we would not have had time to even think about, let alone record for the track, so these tracks are now sounding the best we've ever done, and it's just because we've had a bit more time and there's been, there's not as much pressure to get stuff done straight away, because it's like people are understanding that Things are gonna be a bit more like slow moving, and it's okay. And people are still gonna kind of pay attention to you, especially like I said earlier. If you're keeping updates on social media about what you're doing, then people are gonna invest. And it's so nice having the time because we're so proud of these new songs. And I, I just don't think they would have come out as well if we hadn't had the time to be able to work on them like we have had. And it's probably gonna make us rethink how we record our tracks in the future.
2: Yeah. Okay, well, um, it's been lovely to, you know, chat about all of that. Something I did want to move on to, um, as this is put it to the panel. um, We're going to want to encourage people as well to submit their new music, music to us so that we can have a listen uh, before we come on the show. But something I wanted to ask both of you tonight, and I'll give my opinions on as well, is what have you guys been listening to this week?
1: Um, For me? I am like the biggest Enter Shikari fanboy in the world. So I've been listening to that a lot. Um, there's a couple of new, they came out about a month ago, there's a couple of new Holden Absence tracks that are out that I've been listening to a lot. If you've not listened to them, they are such a sick band. Um, and I've also been listening to Delair the Liar. They put out a new track called Shovel a while ago, but I still have that on repeat at the minute. Um, all Is Avow are putting out some new stuff they're sick um i think oh and chapter reverse have got a new ep out as well like all of those guys they're not like really small but fairly small and a lot of them have kind of come and play the shed but if anyone watching if you guys haven't heard those bands go and listen to them because they're they're dope
2: nice yeah well what do you think to the um the new in shikari album
1: i love it i'm i i really really like it like for me i've been a big fan of shikari from the start I can't imagine they could put anything out that I would dislike. Um, the Spark was pretty good. It took me a while to get into that. And I thought this new album, it was going to take me a while as well. But literally from the first listen, I was sat up in my bed just like, oh my God, this is so good. Like, it's it's probably my favourite release they've put out for a while. Probably, yeah, maybe since, well, definitely since the Mind Sweep. I love that album. But like this is just seems to be on another level, man. Um, Definitely, yeah.
2: It's. I, I I felt exactly the same way. Um, for me personally, Entechari, a big fanboy back in the day, loved Entechari, uh, all the weapon until the end of Mind Sweep, and then they released that one afterwards. I think it was called the Spark, or yeah. Um, and for me, I kind of lost a little bit of love for them, just because it was getting to a point where, I'll, my music tastes have matured a bit. Um, but then, when this new album came out, I listened to what was it the first single they released was the uh, the Grand Hotel? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh yeah, that's a banger. That's a really that's a really cool song. But it's only like two and a half minutes long. Um, so I thought, you know, is it going to be? Yeah, you know, I thought, is it going to be an album where it's going to be two and a half minutes of greatness, and then the rest of it is an hour and a half of crap? Um, but I actually listened to the album for the first time a couple of weeks ago when it first came out and I listened to the first track and instantly fell in love. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've heard it, Danny, the, the album. Oh, yeah. yeah. We highly encourage it. Is, so, it's beut- uh, yeah. It's beautifully produced. Um, Raoul Reynolds, Rue Reynolds, whatever you ever pronounce it. Absolute gods, that, how he's done that.
1: Yeah, man. And, uh, Dan Weller, who's a guitarist from Sixth, uh, I know he produced a lot of their stuff. I think he produced this one as well. And yeah, like you said, the production on it is just stunning. It's it's so good. Um one one other one that like I'm so kind of a guilty pleasure, but I do not feel guilty about it. But when I listen to the people like, oh, why are you listening to them? I love the nineteen seventy five. They're like probably up there with Shikari for me. I like I love them and they've got a new album coming out on Friday and I'm so pumped for it. The singles they've been blasting out for it have been insane. I saw them on the tour at the beginning of the year and they play some new stuff from it and I'm buzzing for it. So I imagine if we were doing this next week, I will probably say all I've been listening to is that album. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, how about you, Danny? What have you been listening to this week? Oh
0: god, so much music man. Um the new All Time Low album absolutely blew me yeah. away. Um and I loved the amount of like online interaction they had going around the release as well. They did a whole live stream on YouTube. Uh, everybody got involved. Alex has done loads of, uh, you know, live streams for different charities. Um just fantastic work and the, you know, the album is some of their best work. Uh, the even the collaboration with Black Bear, which I wasn't necessarily expecting I was gonna like, I did um it's it's a really catchy track. Uh, I know there's controversial opinions on that and uh, also the same with uh, you're welcome by a Day to remember actually. I know the al- we don't have the album yet, but what I've heard of it, um, I like, you know, I know it's not uh, you know some of the heaviest stuff. Uh, I know it's a lot more kind of in the in the pop realm, but it's it's catchy. Uh, it sticks in my head um and you know that's all it really takes for me to you know to get into a band if it it sticks in my head and i can't forget about it then i want to listen to it again um but also uh, i want to give a shout out to some local bands as well uh there's loyalty to me uh settle your scores fantastic band um project revise who saves the hero um all really really good bands worth checking out um so yeah definitely do that
2: nice well yeah, it's, you know, it's really good to hear that. I mean, I've been listening to the similar albums, the new A Day to Remember stuff. Um, there's some people love it, some people hate it. Um, and going coming on from that subject, I mean, because I don't want to go into the realms of A Day to Remember because I don't want to offend anyone. Because <laughs> when people like four years strong, they like it a lot. Um, <laughs> but something I wanted to get you guys' opinion on is, I'm not sure if any of you have heard the new Stand Atlantic song.
0: Uh, Which one? I've heard "Drink to Drown" and I've heard "Shush," but I haven't. If there's another one, I haven't heard that yet.
2: Oh, okay. Let me just get it up. Um, I want to remember the name of the song so people can find it later. Um, It's called "Wavelength." Right. I don't think I've heard that one yet. But check it out. Something I do want to say about it is, I'm not going to slag them off because Stand Atlantic is an absolutely brilliant band. Um, their last album they did Skinny Dipping was amazing
0: Fantastic
2: Fantastic album, loved it to death um, And it is constantly on In my car But this single it, it does have the potential It definitely is there And I see the attraction in it But man, it's heavily overproduced Oh, uh, okay yeah. it, It's definitely there. Someone's kind of gotten by uh, the, the balls is definitely there. It's to sell money. This 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 track is to sell money. Um, and from a band that have been very, I wouldn't say underproduced. Lavender, you know, Lavender Bones, uh, you know, Skinny Dipping. It's a very they're well produced. yeah, well produced but overly produced. You should hear it's a lot of auto tuning, a lot of messing around with synths and stuff like that. And it's just something that I'm like, eh, this is not Stand Atlantic you know like stand atlantic is emotion that sort of thing um yeah but i do encourage anyone listening who hasn't heard it yet go have a listen if you guys listen obviously uh let's support those guys because those guys came from a situation just like us as well um and you know it's worth a listen it might just be me it might just be me i might my hands up might just be me um and my taste but something (laughs) i would like to give a shout out to for smaller bands so Kind of on the side, I've been helping in this time create some lyric videos. And um, one band that I did a lyric video for really stood out, really stood out for me, which is a band called Crosswinds, and they're from Baltimore. Seriously, I'll st- I'll send you a link. Uh, there's a, There's, a, there's a, They have an EP. Let me get the name of the EP up because I need to plug these guys as much as I can because i've had this this ep on repeat it's called writing our lost friends um and check out 19th and read on it um it is state it is basically state champs it is basically state champs mixed in with a little bit of four Years strong amazing
0: just my kind of vibe so
2: what we're we're actually going to do with this because we have we are talking a little bit about music um any bands that we've spoken about today, I'll get some links from you, Tom and Dan. Mm-hmm. Danny, we're going to put into a playlist on Spotify, yep. which is going to be the put it to the panel playlist. So yep. that any songs that we talk about is going to be in that playlist. So if we talk about something and they say, oh, I want to know what that is or something, then it'll be there and then people can follow it. Exactly.
0: Yep. And what we will look into also doing, um, if if we can make it feasible, uh is that uh as the shows continue we'll also see about if we can uh, actually play a couple of them on the show live so that is something we'll be uh, we'll be experimenting with as well
2: Dope Do- yeah. yeah it's going to be something where you know very thankful for you coming on this uh this week tom um it's been absolutely brilliant yeah, having yeah. um yeah, for everyone to know the kind of you know the format that we're going for with this is we will try to have a special guest on each week and have a chat about it. But some weeks it will be just me and Danny. Um, and we're going to try. We're going to keep this as regular as we can. They, you know, we want everyone to submit, some you know, questions. If anyone's interested in coming on on the show, uh, then please let us know. Um, but we we'll also, you know, check out the PopUp Networking Group that Danny runs, and check out the Content uh, Engagement Group that Danny created and I help run that as well. Um, Definitely go check out the shed with Leicester and um, what's the name of your band again, mate? Sorry, I'm like so. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) Give them a shout out. Give them a shout out. We give
1: in, um, the Surrealists, and homeless Shakespeare and the Pigeon Theatre, which I'm part of. Also, if we're talking about local bands, very very quickly, um, there's a local band from Leicester called Ohana who've just put a new track out. They've got a couple of singles out at the minute. They're dope. If you really like kind of It's really kind of weird, interesting, punky, grungy kind of, but also like kind of surfer punk included. Really, really cool, unique stuff. Would massively recommend checking them out. I'll send you guys a link so you can put it in the playlist as well.
2: Great. great, Sweet. Well, I think um, we can pretty much wrap this up for this week. Um, uh, Danny, do you want anything to say?
0: Uh, No, I was just going to say, Tom, if there's anything else that you want to uh, plug before we wrap, then uh, feel free to. Uh,
1: No, I think that's it. Well, um, I'm also part of a podcast called The Snuffbox Podcast, which is on all major streaming services and Spotify and SoundCloud and all that stuff. And we just chat shit, really, about films and uh, games and what we're up to while we're bored and about bands and, yeah, all sorts. If If you're really interested in just listening to five mates sit and just chat, then check it out. Um and obviously like I said, just check check the bands out as well. Um yeah, and the shed. Make sure you give the shed a follow and uh see what we're doing because we have still got some interesting things coming up. So
2: great. Well we'll, well definitely uh me and uh, the other half will definitely be coming to the shed once it's back up. Don't okay. worry about that. Nice, it'll be good to see We we'll get you playing there as well. Sweet.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, thank you for coming on, Tom. Really appreciate it, mate. Absolutely, <laughs> I've had a great time. Awesome stuff. Take care, buddy.
1: Cheers, you too,
0: guys. Speak to you, later. Thank you. Bye.